This episode is sponsored by Lendex and Tangleswap. Lendex is a decentralized IOTA-based multi-cross-chain decentralized application and lending protocol. This is IOTA's lending and stablecoin. And about Tangleswap, well, whether you are looking for a world-class decentralized exchange or simply want to make the most out of your tokens by staking, liquidity farming or investing, Tangleswap puts the whole universe of DeFi at your fingertips. Three, two, one. Welcome back to a new podcast, guys. Um, today's topic, a project called Speak. Welcome to the podcast, May. Hey, thanks for having me, Thomas. Thank you for taking the time. How are you? Of course, I'm doing great. It's a, it's a nice morning out here in Chicago. I'm just, you know, living a day by day. Um, I'm just excited to be here. Yeah. So Chicago, huh? How's it over there? Man, it's all over the place. I mean, <laughs> like it was snowing a couple days ago, but then the week before that, it was like 60s. Yeah. Um, fair <laughs> Same so it, Yeah, it's just really unpredictable. Um, I guess to tie it back to the crypto markets, right? Some Sometimes it's bullish, sometimes it's bearish, but the weather is always volatile. Yeah, I completely understand that um let's jump straight into it um if you could tell us a little bit how you ended up in a crypto space and then how you came across iota yeah for sure so um i remember it pretty vividly i was uh, i think in my second or third year of college um and i've been hearing this word bitcoin thrown around but nobody actually came up to me and said hey do you know what bitcoin is or you know do you want to invest in bitcoin um, it was pretty early in 2017, so I was on the train ride home, and I, I just cut, it was like sitting in my mind, like, how does a digital currency work? So I googled it, I read a couple articles, watched a couple YouTube videos, and immediately fell in love. I thought this was like, whoa, this is this is really huge. Um, and I at the, I think at the time the price of Bitcoin was 2.5k. Um, it was, it had this huge crash, like 50% drop because of some China FUD, which <laughs> we're all, uh, used to China FUD at this point, but mm -hmm. you know, back then it was so fragile and I would, I didn't have any money. You know, I was a college student. I probably had one or two K from student loans. So I think I put in like a couple hundred bucks and you'd think I put in like a million dollars because I was obsessed with this. I was watching the charts every day. <laughs> I was researching everything. I was begging my dad like, hey, you need to put money into this thing. Of course, he didn't until Bitcoin was at 13K. But, you know, that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, so I was just really involved in the in the ecosystem. I was on Reddit and just learning about new projects. And that's where I stumbled upon IOTA. And, you know, IOTA was always the shiny new thing it still is the shiny new thing if you ask me because using a different form of blockchain is just you know so interesting um and so immediately fell in love with iota became an iota maxi <laughs> um and then yeah the rest was history and i guess a funny story is um they set up some like building in chicago i'm forgetting what it was called but it was like a you know a couple of floors in this building dedicated to iota and i remember going one day with a couple of friends and just listening to the conversations they were having some like meet with the community and discussing like difficult questions about the future of iota and you know distributed ledger technology 
And mm -hmm. I showed up there with a custom IOTA t-shirt that I made. Um, it, it had like a, I still have it. It had like a picture of this tangled um, chain. And then it said, I'm sorry, did your blockchain get tangled? Um, and I just, you know, I felt so witty and cool wearing that shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I was there at that meeting. I went and I walked up to Dominic, um, you know, co-founder of IOTA, all that good stuff. And then he signed my shirt. So cool. it's in my closet right now. I've got um, <laughs> a signed custom IOTA t-shirt. And he said that was the first time anyone has ever asked him for a signature. So <laughs> I'm turn that into an NFT and sell it, honestly. But um, yeah, funny enough. So that's pretty much my intro to IOTA. And then um, after the 2018 crash, you know, I didn't really have that much money in the first place. And that went down 90%. Um, so I didn't really look back at crypto until like early or late 2020. Uh, and then, yeah, and now there's so much more advancements and they've got Shimmer coming along. And, you know, I was part of the whole DeFi wave. Um, so I'm like a, a very native to DeFi. And so I'm really excited for that to be coming to the IOTA ecosystem. Mm, yeah, I can completely agree with that. Um, I'm not that driven in the DeFi space. So what's your personal belief? Um what will happen to to the ecosystem like the iota bubble once DeFi is enabled there do you think it will expand quickly um i do um because really what DeFi did is uh it did what it sounds like it decentralized things so you know for example me living in the states i don't have access to a lot of things that you know people do globally like for example just binance um and then you know a whole lot of other protocols so for me, the way I've been trading is exclusively on a DEX, you know, a decentralized exchange mm -hmm. um, for the past like, year and a half because, you know, I got booted out of Binance Global and I didn't want to have to deal with a new one. And, but then there was these alternatives that we never had before, which is I just need my crypto wallet and I can connect to anything and do anything with my money. And that was just amazing. So, um, you know, right now with IOTA, it's still limited to exchanges because there isn't that DeFi element there. And technically... I didn't have access to IOTA either to even buy it because um, it wasn't available for me in the US. I think Binance US has it. I, I just checked a couple days ago. Mm. Um, but otherwise, you know, I just got all my shimmer in my uh, Firefly wallet. You know, all my goods are over there. And so really what I'm saying here is that once DeFi is opened up, people that normally didn't have access to the ecosystem will suddenly have access. And then on top of that, people who are already in the ecosystem will have, you know, a hundred more things to do with their tokens, yeah. whether it be, you know, um, lending protocols, DEXs, uh, GameFi, NFTs, like there's, there's going to be a whole ecosystem that grows from it. And will that expand out into other people like on crypto Twitter and from other projects? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know how big the impact would be just because there are a lot of blockchains that are you know, EVM compatible now, we're aiming for it, but it definitely would, you know, allow IOTA to be part of the bigger game and more competitive in the space. And I think that's absolutely what it needs because the tech underneath it is unique and it's powerful. Um, all it was missing was that DeFi element. And so with it, I think uh, we'll see a lot of great things happen. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, so you, you've created something called Speak. Could you tell us a little bit what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a couple of months ago, like six or so months ago, I was on YouTube and there was a video recommended to me of this guy opening up 
like booster packs from uh, like an old Yu-Gi-Oh card collection. And it had hundreds of thousands of views and, you know, so much hype around it. And it just got me thinking, you know, what is the Web3 equivalent of this? Like what in 10 years are people going to be looking at the first edition cards um, and having like a whole event surrounded around it? And I know that there are some NFT card games are out, out there already in Web3, but none of them really captured the culture that I feel trading card games have. Um, you know, like playing on Dueling Network back in the day or, you know, Magic the Gathering, um, tabletop simulators and everything like Parallel and, and all these other projects just didn't have that feeling for me. And, and so, you know, with the advent of new tools and all this technology that we have around us, I, I had the confidence to say, well, I might as well just create it myself. And I remember I was sitting in spec, um, you know, the speculation chat in the, uh, the IOTA Discord and I was talking to some other guy, I don't remember his name, but we were saying like, man, if there was a, a like a good Web3 card game, I'd be all over it. And then I was like, okay, that's my next sign. Like, I just need to build this. To this day, I don't know who that guy is, but if he ever listens to this, like, I'll tell him, hey, <laughs> hit me up. I, I did what we wanted. Now you got to come be a part of it. But yeah, so that's how Speak was born. Um, I like to say it was born in the speculation chat of uh, mm-hmm. the IOTA and yeah, that's where, and now we've gotten so far that we've got 200 unique cards. We've got um, a playable game. It's live and beta testing. Um, you know, you just use our tabletop simulator and we're hoping in the next couple of weeks to actually launch on Sooniverse um, and start allowing people to actually hold the collection. Yeah. Nice. So, so do you plan to first release this on Shimmer and then migrate it over to IOTA once the EVM is ready? Yeah. Mm. Um, so why did you decide to launch this on Shimmer and IOTA well, in, instead of the um, the usual DeFi chains? Um, well, we do plan on being multi-chain in the long run. However, I just know, you know, nothing really excites me as much as Shimmer does. And so if I was going to build something for the ecosystem, I'd want it to, <clears throat> sorry, to at least be on Shimmer. Um, what's great about Speak is, you know, it's it's a card game. So all that we really need that's Web3 related is verifying ownership of the cards through your wallet. And so this is this is super modular because we could just have any blockchain from any, um, you know, wallet just to confirm that, hey, these NFTs from this contract are indeed owned by this uh, wallet. Therefore, you know, they can actually use the cards in the game. And so... While it's, you know, our home is to have um, the game launched on Shimmer first and foremost, you know, that's where we're launching first. It, it just wouldn't make sense for us not to go multi-chain because it's as easy as clicking a button to allow mm-hmm. people from all blockchains to play the game. And I think that's great because, um, for example, like our following on Twitter is just so diverse. You know, normally when I when I look at projects in the Shimmer and IOTA space, all the followers are, again, in Shimmer and IOTA. Like it's it feels like it's stuck in like one little Twitter sphere. But yeah. with us, we've got a lot of people from Solana, from Ethereum, um, from uh, Polygon, all these different chains. And they're all interacting with people that are from the Shimmer and IOTA network. And I think that down the line, you know, once it is multi-chain, it's going to be great to see that, hey, someone is, you know, they're connected to the game through Shimmer. And then this person is connected through ETH and they've got a, a like a chat box and they could talk or do live chat. And it's like mixing the communities. 
and getting more exposure to the IOTA ecosystem. And, you know, like we, we think the future is multi-chain. You know, I don't think it's going to be one blockchain rules over them all. I think it's going to be kind of like countries where there's mm -hmm. always going to exist hundreds of countries. Uh, and people ask like, hey, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Shimmer. Like, you know, it just literally becomes like a country. Yeah. Um, and so having a place for us all to connect together, I think is going to be awesome. But first and foremost, it's got to be done on Shimmer because, again, that's our home. And so that's why we're launching there first. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, I think that you're uh, you're spot on there. Um, is it only you that is creating this or do you have a team around this? Um, so yes, we do have a team. Um, I originally created the rules of the game um, and I pretty much handle all the card descriptions and all that good stuff. And then I have a buddy of mine who is the programmer. So he's handling all the Web3 contracts. Um, he also designed the website, which, you know, people love the website. It's beautiful. Definitely check it out. And then also designed the a tabletop simulator mm. and then lastly i have um our buddy who <clears throat> works on like the designs like figma uh the mock-ups the card templates you know just all the nice branding stuff and so that's all it's you know it's just a small, small team of three um and i'm proud of what we've accomplished in with such a small team yeah completely agree with that um have you all done also all of this out of your own pocket because I can imagine since you haven't sold any NFTs that you don't have any funding at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So everything is um, self-funded, which uh, of course it has its pros and cons. The pro is that we're not dependent on anyone. Mm. Um, you know, we don't have to do anything a certain way or, or, you know, best of all, we don't have VCs that are ready to dump on, you know, retail once the, once this thing is live, like, none of that exists so people that get in on it really are getting it at the ground floor <clears throat> so that's a great thing for our community it's also great things for ourselves and then of course the cons is that yeah well, production is a little slower um things are a little more difficult because things are obviously uh, funded through yourself and mm -hmm. so that's really the only thing that um the only kind of difficulty otherwise i'm really happy to say that that we're self-funded and and we don't really need to rely on anyone yeah yeah, that sounds like a, a good way to go. But then again, it's come once the the NFT collection is live, then you're able to get a little bit of funding from that, and you can also probably apply for the grants, which is supposed to go live in a little bit. So um, the opportunity is is there for for sure. Um, and you can and you mentioned that your NFTs will go live in a couple of weeks from today when we are recording this. Yeah. So um, honestly, they could go live today. Um, okay. because all the cards are complete. However, we decided uh, it doesn't make sense for us to launch the the in-game cards because they all have specific descriptions and attributes, which will probably need to be changed, you know, as people play the game and people, because again, it's ultimately a game. It's going to have nerfs and buffs and balance patches. And originally our goal was to, um, you know, anytime we edit a card to create, basically mint a new one and then airdrop it to the holders of the previous version. And while that's, you know, it's cool and it gives people more cards, it's just, um, it's not really feasible as compared to the alternative, which is just to simply have a card that is created just to be an NFT, where it just has the artwork of the card. It has, um, you know, we're, we're going to do a QR code that you can scan, and then that'll take you to the full, like, in-game card information. But yeah, basically just like a, a card version that is very basic, uh, exists as the NFT, 
And then if you own that card and we make any updates to it in the game, that all happens in the back end. So you don't need to get a new version of the card. It's you just plug into the site and then in game the card is updated, but the NFT stays the same. And so because of that, you know, we're we're thinking, okay, let's let's just do this smoothly and you know be super ready for it. And so we're thinking a couple of weeks. Uh, once we create all the QR codes, link them up with all the unique individual cards, and then we should be we should be good to go. Yeah. Um, what would such a card cost, and what would be the benefits? Do you have like different tires and different rarity stuff? So we were planning to do, do every card for five dollars. Um, you know, which is pretty reasonable um, for a card game, and should be something that is easy for people to get behind. But ultimately, we like to do things differently where we don't have any inherent card rarities. So all cards are equally likely to be minted. Um, and it's mainly because we don't want this to become like a play to win game where, oh, there's like a, you know, there's an ultimate rarity card and it's super strong, but it costs, you know, 10 times more than a standard card. Like that wouldn't be fair because then only the people that, are, that have the most money get all the advantages of of a card that was intended to be very strong, you know? Yeah. So our intention is to make one specific card very strong. Um, our intention is to have everything be perfectly balanced. And then, but, you know, ultimately, of course, there will be cards that are better than others, depending on the person's play style, what kind of uh, deck archetype they're using and how they use it. So that will exist. But if it's going to exist, <clears throat> we'd rather for the market to decide it, you know? Yeah. Like if there is a card that is in um, 80% of decks per se, then its supply is going to be less on the market and the value of that card will inevitably go up. But it wouldn't be something that we forced onto people. Do you understand what I mean? Mm. And so, you know, ultimately we don't have any card rarities. Everything will be equally likely to be minted. And with that, we are, you know, it helps us get to a much more stable and uh, fair playing field than doing it any other way. Yeah, perfect. Um, so you mentioned that you're already in, in beta testing. Um, do you expect that you guys will go live as soon as the EVM is going live? So we've waited for EVM for quite some time. Yeah, <laughs> um, we did. Yeah, this is, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. And so because of that, we're thinking to just launch um, without like complex contracts so, so originally the way that we were intending to do this on evm compatible chains is that you get a deck box or like a booster pack and then you open that and it'll mint out cards for you randomly um, however the contracts for that are written in solidity um, they're tried and trusted we know that they're that they're safe and they've been audited um, however we can't just copy paste that over into uh, shimmer or iota the way that it currently is what we what we can do is just mint the cards individually um, on Sooniverse, and so while it it does take away from the fun element of you know randomness and having a booster pack that you can decide to open or not open, um, it at least lets us get the collection out. And then once things are EVM compatible, we can always do another drop where we actually have the booster packs um, and bring that that fun feeling back to uh, trading card games. But, you know, you know, we're thinking there's, you know, we've waited for a long time and um, there's really no reason to continue waiting. It's best for us to actually just launch and then 
as developments come, we can always do a second edition drop uh, with more fun things involved. Yeah, I can see more and more people doing that because this have taken quite a lot of time now and uh, people are sort of, people have to do something, like they have to make money, they have to make the project become relevant as fast as possible. So if, if the Aota Foundation is going to take a little bit more time to to release EVM, then you have to do other stuff meanwhile. So I see more and more um, doing these types of releases and then uh, once the EVM is ready, then they will go live on, on Shimmer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so there, there isn't really anything wrong with doing this. It's um, It just gives us something to, to play with in the meantime. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, definitely no qualms against it. Yeah. Um, what's the future plans for Speak? So what's great about Speak is you know, aside from being multi-chain, and so it's accessible to anyone, um, we're actually plan we're we're aiming to decentralize trading card games. So, you know, like the way that we are that we're envisioning this is what we've created is a very simple tabletop simulator. Like when you play Speak, it's essentially you're just playing it on a platform that is simulating as if you were playing it in person on your kitchen tabletop. Mm -hmm. And this was great for a couple of reasons. One, it allowed us to bring out a playable version of the game in months rather than years. And two, it allows us to be very modular to other projects. So ultimately our goal is to be a platform to allow anyone to create a trading card game and play it online um, you know, on their own. So you can imagine any other uh, project in the IOTA space that, or any other person that's an artist that wants to say like, hey, I wanna create a card game I just don't know how to code. I don't have a platform online for people to play it, you know, so I don't know how to do that. But now we have that solution for them where we can say, that's fine. You just need the artwork and uh, the game rules. And then you can upload that in into a card template or make your own. And then, you know, you have your community that is playing your game and we provide everything else for you. So they would have a, a tabletop simulator where, you know, it would be a software as a service model where they can tell us like how they want the game board to look and what things are absolutely essential to have baked into the programming. And then the rest, the more difficult card logic that is just played the same way that it would be played in person. Um, and so that would allow us to create a place for people to play their own individual community made card games in weeks, again, rather than years. Um, and so we think it's going to be awesome that one day you can come to the speak website, uh, you click to play games and then you see speak itself as a game to play, but then there's also, I don't know, IOTA bots and, and something else or any other, you know, uh, project that decided to create their own trading card game and now it's playable. Mm. And so really you know, our goal is to be like the Airbnb of web three trading card games. Yeah. that I was thinking about the same thing because I think gaming projects within the crypto space here can do quite a lot of different things at the same time, instead of being a, a type of project that specializes in one single thing that you guys can probably just have one platform with uh, several different games on it. And uh, so people are gonna sort of have a, like, you know, Netflix, right? You can go there, you can watch all types of movies and watch all types of series. So like you guys be like the Netflix of games there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, there is a demand for it. We, we've already got four or five um, collections and individuals that are interested in launching their own card game uh, once we're live. So our timeline is first we want to launch um, Speak and we want to you know be able to play the game and, and make sure that 
all the major bugs are fixed and that, you know, match spectating is live and tournaments are, are going smoothly. And then once we have all that there, the proof of concept is done. Um, you know, we could partner with any collection and advise them on how to create a playable card game. And then there we go. We've got a platform for them to play it. Uh, and th that can give just that much more utility to other collections. Mm, yeah. Um, a topic that I find a little bit interesting these days is because that in order for for any of um, these, the success behind Shimmer and IOTA to really kick off is that we need a pretty sizable uh, awareness game. Um, the marketing and the we, we need more awareness around the the projects, right? Um, so I'm very curious to hear with with people like yourself, which is building in this space. Like, do you have any plans to attract new users once you go live? And like, do you have a good plan on or an idea on how that can be done? Yeah, definitely. So you know, one thing that we know we're up against is that we're a niche within a niche. Mm. You know, Web three is already. Um, it's not super common. We think it is because we're so involved in it, but you go to any other person on the street, they have no idea what you're talking about. Um, and then the same thing with trading card games. It's also a niche um, because people see them and they know of them, but they, they, they don't really, they never really understood the appeal because they never really played it. Yeah. So what our test is let's bring in the TCG, you know, the trading card game people and bring them into Web3. And it's actually very easy to do that once you have a playable trading card game, because what I'm envisioning is, you know, we would go to these um, trading card game tournaments, these real life events, or even to card shops locally, um, or even just regionally, you know, in the States. And we would just set up like a booth and have a thing where people could scan a QR code and then play a match online. And then we just say, hey, if you like this, like, I want you to know this is all done with uh, NFTs and it's it's all done through Web3. Uh, and so, you know, maybe maybe it's not all that bad because right now the gaming industry, like for some reason, hates NFTs. Mm. Um, so I think this is going to be a good way to bridge that gap because, you know, if they're playing something that they like and we tell them like this is powered by Web3 and NFTs, you know, it could really open their mind that, oh, this is cool. So that means this card, like, I don't just borrow it on a website's database. I actually would own it. And mm -hmm. you told me, yeah, like you would own it. You could sell it on our marketplace. You can sell it on any marketplace. And also you don't have to, and you could trade it with somebody in real life. Like it is exactly as if you had the card in your hand physically. However, it's just digital. But that same ownership um, and the same way that nobody can take it from you or censor it from you, like that is still there. And so, you know, our really our goal is to bring on who we can from the Web3 space already. However, we know that it might not be enough. And so we're going to have to go to people in the trading card game scene and bring them into Web3 ourselves. And so that's one of our goals. Mm. Yeah, it sounds very interesting. And um, I think the gaming community could profit quite a lot of both user experience and, um, and get some of the money back for because... Um, I'm not sure. I'm not a very big gamer myself, but I have wasted quite a lot of money on games. Um, the few that I have played, and if that could be some sort of NFTs, because I've bought like stuff in the game, if that could be an NFT that I then can trade back to someone else and probably get some of my money back, then that would be a, a great thing. But I can't because it's not there yet. But um, but I re I really I like the concept that you you got going on. Yeah, appreciate it.
Um, what I wanted to say was, you know, what you said is exactly one of the philosophies of Web3 gaming is, you know, people game all the time, but you ultimately don't get anything back from it. It's just kind of purely entertainment. And, you know, that has its time and place, but really what we can do now is have somebody actually get some value back even while entertaining themselves. And so, you know, you can think of it, if you were to buy a deck of cards for Speak, it's kind of more like putting a deposit down because you know that there's a secondary market that's liquid that could exchange your cards back at any moment. Um, yeah. Whereas that doesn't exist in traditional card games. Like if you went to your local store right now and you bought a Pokemon pack or, or Yu-Gi-Oh or something for 50 bucks, you could probably guarantee that whatever you get from that box is going to net you like $3 back because you know, there's just, there's no value to most of the cards because there's just millions and millions of copies. Mm. But now with NFTs, their nature is, more scarce and it's immutable and you know they don't just you know they really they're just transparent and on the blockchain you know that if i was to buy 50 100 200 cards chances are down the line i can sell them back for you know the same price or even higher um and then i actually made value from it and then on top of that you know we're not planning to be a play to earn game we we don't believe in play to earn we think that it's not sustainable and it ultimately will will destroy a project but we are, are definitely um we're integrating a different model where you can still make money playing speak and that's through uh tournaments so in traditional play to earn they reward any player um for actually playing the game and so this is terrible because you know you get a lot of mercenaries who are only playing your game in order to get a token and then the only thing that they, that they do when they get it is dump it onto the market um, but with something like a tournament where let's say the, the top 25 percent of players walk away with some value that is very different because now you're rewarding the percentage of your player base that is actually interested in your game and wants to see it thrive. And so you're allocating your resources towards your most dedicated user base. And, you know, with a generous um, winning amount, like top 25% is a, is a pretty big amount of people, it still keeps that drive for people to feel like, hey, I'm not just playing this game for fun. I actually, you know, I do get something back. And so we're planning to do weekly tournaments or bi-weekly tournaments um, for our players to actually get value back. And that value, would it wouldn't be in the form of a token because again, that's just inflation. We would be doing it through royalties, through mint sales, through other revenues we have on the site. And we would be paying it out in Shimmer or IOTA tokens or USDC or you know whatever it is that, um, that the person wants or what, what, whatever we think is optimal at the time. But for now, there really isn't a point in our own token. Um, it's definitely a possibility down the line once we know that it can provide value for our users. But ultimately, the vision here is that we we have something that is playable for entertainment, but also could provide value in a sustainable way, um, unlike traditional play-to-earn games. And so it's really going to change the way games are played. They shouldn't just be purely for entertainment because that time that's lost, it, it could be spent gaining value. And so... Ultimately, that's what we'd like to do for our user base. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, if the people that listen here found this very interesting and they want to either invest, um, become a part of your community, or if they want to partner up um, and work with you in the future, where can they get hold of you? Um, the Twitter is great. So our Twitter is uh, SpeakNFT. So you can go ahead and DM us anytime, um, you know, we're there and we're listening. Also, we have our Discord in uh, the bio of our of our Twitter. 
So that's also a great place. If you come to the Discord, it's, I mean, I'm always there. I, I'm always engaging. And, and it came to the point that some people told me, hey, you know, as a founder of the project, you shouldn't be engaging in the chat. You should have like employees that, that do that for you. And I was like, oh, what, like, you know, what you don't understand is like, this is enjoyable for me. I want yeah. to be part of it, you know, and know the people there. Um, and so, yeah, we're always around. And then the last thing I would say is our website is playspeak.xyz. So if you go there, it has links to our Twitter and Discord as well. Um, and then, yeah, we'd love to have you in. Fantastic. And you also have a Sooniverse space up, don't you? Yes, we do. So we set that up a, quite a long time ago. Um, it's still up there. I think it has like 180 members. And, you know, as we finish more of our work here and gear up to our Sooniverse launch, we're going to start, you know, pushing that community out more and, and trying to get more people to join. Um, yeah. So that way when the Mint is live, you're aware of it and, and you're able to Mint and all that good stuff. Mm, cool. Um, so if everybody that listen wants to get in on this, um, go give them a follow on Twitter, um, join their Discord channel, um, get in touch with them, ask all the questions that you have, and make sure to go and um, join their Sooniverse space so that once it goes live, you're already there. So it's uh, a little bit more ready for the action. Um, and um, thank you so much for taking the time, May, eh, and come and explain, speak about uh, what it's all about. And um, I really enjoy it. No, thank you for the invite. Um, I love what you do. I think it's great for the space. Um, and I love that we're all builders. You know, we that's the thing I've noticed about the Shimmer and IOTA ecosystem is everyone here has a passion for it. And, and so let's just keep doing what we're doing and, you know, build something great. Let's do it. Get behind and get left behind, I guess. Um, so, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for, for joining. So uh, see you next time. Cheers.